are back with another episode of Oh Hey There, episode 65. I'm Jason Aponte, joined by Leo Luna, fresh off of my trip from Atlanta. So hopefully my voice doesn't sound so bad. But Leo, how are you today before we get into the 49ers? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, you take all your shots that you want. I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. The Los Angeles Dodgers got eliminated from the playoffs after winning 111 regular season games, and then they win just one postseason game. Um, for my 49er fans that are also Dodger fans, because I know there's a lot of you. Sorry, not sorry, because I loved it. I loved it, and since since you called me out, I'm, I'm here in San Diego. I bought NLCS tickets, and I flipped them. I sold them. I sold nice. them. I was like, thank you, Padres. You're making me money. Keep going. Well, I unfortunately cannot partake in any gloating as I am preparing to have my heart broken in a, a few hours with the New York Yankees and similar slander will come their way as they did with the Dodgers. But we're here to talk about this 49ers football team and make sure you guys are subscribed everywhere that you can and get your audio podcast for Niners Nation. Uh, Leo, I want to start with something positive about this game. The Mercedes-Benz Stadium is incredible. Oh, Okay. Mercedes-Benz Stadium or SoFi, or also known as Levi South. All right. I'm so glad you brought this up. I haven't been to very many um, football stadiums. Obviously been to MetLife, live literally right across the street from it, basically. I've been to Soldier Field. I've been to SoFi. And I've been to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Philly. It's between, yes, and Levi's. No, you've been to Philly, right? Oh, Philly. That's right. All right. And you've been to Tampa. Tampa, that's right. Oh, man, I've been to a few stadiums. All right, here we go. Um, look, guys, cover your ears, 49ers fans. Or don't. I need you to listen. Um, but it's between SoFi and Mercedes-Benz. I'm sorry. I'll give the nod to Mercedes-Benz for two reasons. The dome is so cool. It's retractable, and it almost looks like a like a transformer at the top. And all of their concessions, as we were just talking about, are so affordable. Like, literally two sandwiches, two drinks, and a water came out to $23. Bravo to Arthur Blank and the ownership for being able to say, hey, bring your kids and not have to take out a second mortgage on your house. Now that I know this information, I am going to plan a road trip to Atlanta when the 49ers play there. Now that I know this information, I'm going to be like, tell my wife, baby, I got it. It's all on me. It's all, don't, don't worry about it. Just stay at your seat. I, I got the concessions today. Um, <laughs> don't let her know the prices. Does no. <laughs> little does she know. <laughs> don't let her know the prices and just go for it. I will say this. The one bad part was Atlanta's airport. But let's just talk about this game, right? And the overarching discussion has a lot to do with the offense at this point. But I do feel that it is necessary to talk about the injuries because of how many people were missing in this game. If I were to tell you that a defense of any caliber, and we've lauded this team in their depth, if a defense of any caliber was missing their cornerback two, their free safety, their linebacker three, both interior defenders, their stud edge, and then they in the game at certain points were going to lose their other edge, their cornerback one, their strong safety, who is now in concussion protocol, which, uh, you know, with this Kansas City game. What mm-hmm. would you say if I told you all of those things about a defense and how they would be able to perform? Um, Honestly, I, I'm kind of on the opposite spectrum here because I think this defense is pretty loaded up front. Um, and they still had Fred Warner on the field. And I think they have valuable players still. And I think they showed that. Only seven points allowed in the second half. One one scoring drive to the Atlanta Falcons in the second half. And the Atlanta Falcons had four possessions there. 
Um, so they, and the longest drive they gave up to the Falcons was five minutes of game time. Not long at all. Hell, the 49ers had an eight-minute second-half drive, and that resulted in no points, but we could talk about that later. Uh, but, yeah, they, you know, I, I was still looking at the defensive line. It's like Drake Jackson. He's nice, man. He's nice. Char- Charles Menehue. Oh, Menehue is very good. player. Yes. Um, Samson Ebucon, really good player. Uh, Givens is out there, really good player. Hell, you have Kamiko Toure coming up, um, really good player, rotating in. So um, how I looked at it was, you know, yeah, the secondary. That That's the one that took the big hit for me. But luckily, they were playing a guy like Marcus Mariota, not like uh, Patrick Mahomes that's coming up. So I think that definitely helped stop the bleeding there in what it could have been with all those injuries. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I am impressed, but I did not think the wheels were going to fall off defensively with those injuries. But still impressive in, in a game that could have got away from you very quickly. They kept the they gave the offense life essentially the defense the reserves the backups they gave them life one scoring drive in that second half tw- only twenty one points allowed in the game because remember they had the uh, fumble recovery or yeah the fumble recovery that got returned for a touchdown that's on the offense uh, so it's twenty one points allowed defensively still a fantastic job and and that's why I'm like okay I'm impressed. But I didn't expect, you know, the res- the guys they have as quotation marks reserves. I didn't expect them to give up thirty points or something like that. Not, not, not to this running attack of the Atlanta Falcons. And I think that that's kind of where I'm at with this as well, too. That's kind of where I was going when I was asking you these questions, is because mm-hmm. how much can you expect of another team, right? And 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 to do this, and and realistically, the Falcons beat the 49ers at their own game. A lot of credit to yes. Arthur Smith and this and this running attack, man. They they are literally using the same Shanahan concepts, getting linemen to the second level. I just finished watching the tape before I got on here. Getting linemen to the second level, having all these cutback lanes, opening up huge lanes. And again, it's not fair to automatically put this on defense because this is the NFL. And even when your defense is full strength, there's going to be games where you are not going to sit there and hold defense, hold offenses down, right? The offense is going to have to pick you up. And I think the larger discussion is not about the defense at all. It's not. And it's just something to point out with the injuries as well, you know, and then you have Mike McGlinchey go down in this game, which is going to turn us into the offenses and the coaching. And everybody wants to really talk about that. But I did want to say this at a point there was Diamador Lenore and Samuel Womack outside. And that is, again, you're down to your cornerback four and five at this point, right? Because Demo was in the slot. Womack had played in the slot, but they were forcing the duty out there. Luckily, the Falcons didn't have the weapons to do it. I mean, Marcus Mariota had one incompletion in this game, one. And everything was very short. I get that. And Kyle Pitts scored his first touchdown in the United States. So, I guess congratulations to him because he had only scored in London. That's that's something that's crazy to me. But, yeah, look, it's not on the defense, right, at this point. And and I think you bring up a good point as to how well they played. They, they, were, they were at least keeping them in it. They weren't getting blown out. But I do think that that has to do with the fact that the offense on the other side wasn't exactly explosive on the back end, right? Like they're not throwing the ball down the field. That's not their game. But at the same time, yeah, I want to give kudos to Charles Amenehu. I think it's time to start talking extension with him. I think that, you know, obviously Fred and, and Greenlaw leads the team in tackles. I think he's like seventh in the league in tackles. I think he's got 55 on the year. Um, yeah, I think that they did all they could. But the larger discussion is not about the defense. It's about the injuries, which we started with. 
but it's about this offense and more about clock management, which I'm glad that my voice is rested because I lost my voice at the game yelling. And obviously Kyle Shanahan didn't hear me because if he did, he would have said, hey, man, Jay's up there telling me to move and and, and put this team in hurry up. But I'm just going to ask you flat out because a lot of people have asked me. I don't think there's a clear answer, but we'll try to get to something. Shanahan's offense, what's the issue right now, Leo? What's the issue and how do you fix it? What's the issue is when things aren't going to the script, there is no plan. There is no, this is the formula of how we're going to win it. Obviously, when the 49ers get out there early, running ball, it's at a high success, everything like that. But when this team is struggling offensively, there is no plan. There's no identity. There's no, let's get back on script. Jeff Wilson Jr. led the 49ers in rushing attempts this game, but he only had seven carries. There was only 13 uh non-quarterback runs by this 49ers team and um because you're adding in Debo Jeff Wilson Jr. between Tevin Coleman between those three guys it was only 13 carries um and why is that important okay the 49ers got the ball out of half they were down seven all you got to do is play your game instead three and out and what were those three plays pass pass and pass and Jeff Wilson Jr. your workhorse as what he's supposed to be did not touch the ball until 10 minutes left into the fourth quarter. Third quarter, completely did not touch the ball. I think they had one drive in the fourth quarter, and then that second drive in the fourth quarter, he touched the ball with 10 minutes left there. Uh, in fact, Tevin Coleman got a carry, one carry before Tevin Coleman did in the second half. And I, I think that's the struggling part there. And it wasn't like Tevin Coleman had, was having a, a, an awful type of game. Let's see. Caleb Huntley, he was the leading rusher for the Atlanta Falcons. And he, as far as the, the running backs go, or actually he was the leading rusher overall for the Falcons. He had less than three yards per carry if you took out his big 16-yard gash on, on miss assignments. He was averaging less than three yards per carry, yet they kept feeding him, kept feeding him. And and he had 16 total carries that game. Jeff Wilson Jr., had a, had the exact same clip as far as yards per carry as Caleb Huntley without that 16-yard run. Yet, one guy didn't get the ball, and that's Jeff Wilson Jr. Now, you know, Jeff Wilson Jr. is not a Derrick Henry, uh, 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 Saquon Barkley, where you must feed him. I don't care who's at running back. It could have been somebody else. It could have been Tevin Coleman. But you got two one-dimensional in this game in what was a one-possession game with the ball in your hands in that third quarter. And what happens? You get out of your identity and instantly you're down two scores again. And now we're back in panic mode. Pass, 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 pass. So to me, it's just like find your identity when you're down. You were able to do that against the Rams in week 18. If I'm not mistaken, they didn't just stop running the football. They played their game. And that's what got them back into it. 49ers, they're, they're not playing their game when they're behind. Yeah, and and here's some of the questions that I have for Kyle Shanahan before I get into my thoughts uh, on the offense. A fumble by Jeff Wilson is returned for a touchdown. And we've seen players be banished to the shadow realm for missing a block, for the same thing, a fumble, same thing. Mm-hmm. But again, Kyle Shanahan's guys, I'm going to keep rolling with him. Matt Breida got sent off because he fumbled the football. Yeah. 
You know, Brendan yeah. Ayuk was in the doghouse because he wasn't running very well, right? In practice, whatever it is that they want to tell us. I need some accountability one through 52 on this roster, the same as the 52nd guy and the first guy. That's all, right? George Kittle fumbles. I get it. You're not going to bench him. But if you are going to set this precedent of being, I will not tolerate mistakes, it's got to be from the top down, right? Because I've seen running backs get sent off for less than fumbling the ball on a third down where you got a first down and you fumbled the ball and it returned for a touchdown. So that's the first part. The second part of this offense, and, and these are what these losses turn us back into. We start to get back to the same questions that we have after different losses, right? Feels like we're in the same place after the Denver game, after the Bears game, even when Trey Lance was there. Is this offense, for me, the issue being more about execution? And they're just a day late and a dollar short, just a little short, like, like just one or two things. And it's not one thing consistently that you can point to and say, they need to clean this up. It's sometimes a missed block on the offensive line, a costly drop. Ray Ray McLeod, and we'll talk about that. Charlie Warner drop. Um, you know, a, a route where, you know, Ray Ray McLeod kind of stumbles out and the ball's put perfectly in there and it's a drop. You, you're just, you're this close, right? You're there. And it come, it boils down to execution. And that does fall on the on, on the head coach. It does. We're a very, very pro Kyle Shanahan podcast here. I love coach. But at this point, it's when do you start having to look in the mirror and say, I'm not preparing these guys the right way. Maybe the personnel's not working, right? Like, what do we do here to shake things up? Because it does feel stale right now. It does. But there, there's the thing that I'm going to put this positive spin on is they are this close. They are. Like the, like the smallest of margins, you know, game of inches. But it's six weeks now. It's six weeks. How much longer can you go through this? Especially what you know what is about to come into Levi Stadium, right? It's we can't keep having the same conversations that, they're close. They're about to turn the corner. Whatever cliche you want to use, any of them, they're close. We're we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. I get the accountability part. I like that, but I can't keep hearing the same things over and over. How do you fix it? And you have to fix it. So I do see things where, you know, the first two drives, um, you know, three and out on the first drive, and then the fumble for the touchdown. And then right there, from there, two straight back-to-back drives where this offense gets rolling again. Jimmy gets hot. He's making some really great throws. And, and then, poof, it goes away. Like, it's it's just the inconsistencies, right? And and it would be worse if I could just say, well, the offensive line was blocking poorly the entire game. He didn't have much time. Or, you know, they were just cutting off the run. Shout out to Grady Jarrett. I think he did an amazing job stopping the run. And, and, and so did the Falcons as well, too. So that's part of what you were talking about with Jeff Wilson. But the frustrating part is, it's a drop here. It's it's a miss block here. It's a miss route here. It's a it's a miss throw sometimes from Jimmy Garoppolo, who I'm not blaming for this one. It, this was a took an entire team to lose this one, and they sure did. But it's just I I can't keep hearing the same things about we're this close, you know, or or we're shooting ourselves in the foot. At what point does the head coach have to take ownership of this and fix the? Shit? That's where I'm at with it right now. Yeah, I'm on the same level towards like I don't necessarily blame Jimmy Garoppolo. This was a total team effort in the loss like despite the injuries like i'm on i'm on the, the side of despite the injuries this is a game they should have won how much time how many times does national media tell us about jimmy garoppolo's winning percentage right it's like okay well despite the injuries he actually was under pressure 33 percent of the time this game well guess what the week before versus carolina he was under pressure 34 percent of the time nobody noticed that right because the 49ers dog walked the panthers 
it was actually 1% down against this Atlanta team. And they only put up 14 points this go around. Huh? Maybe Jeff Wilson Jr. didn't run the ball 100 times like he did against Carolina. Um, maybe, maybe, you know what? So people need to tell Tevin Coleman every week you're playing the Carolina Panthers. Maybe that'll help as well. How do we how do we turn Tevin Coleman into the water boy seeing yes. uh the, the person that he's trying to attack <laughs> and just put up a Panthers helmet on it? Like seriously, it was it literally looked like it looked like the guy that everyone feared Tevin Coleman might be coming off the street, like the guy that we saw yeah. at the end of his time with the Jets, yeah. and not the Tevin Coleman who scores six touchdowns in two games against the Carolina Panthers. So yeah, and you know what gets me even more upset, Leo? He had the narrative right there in front of him. It's my favorite narrative. It's the one that is cold as ice. Revenge. Revenge game. You literally had a revenge game right in front of you to do it against the Atlanta Falcons. And it was like, what, he had three carries for like six yards? Like, that's not revenge. That's that's a di- – you know, revenge is a dish served cold. I don't know what was colder, that, that dish or, or how he was running, man. Like, it just – it, and and again, it's just the offense just being inconsistent throughout the throughout these games, man. It's just it's just frustrating to watch over and over. The revenge game against the Atlanta Falcons ain't hitting Tevin Coleman as a 49er pretty well. Remember, they lost in 2019. They lost this season. Yes, they beat the Falcons last season, but Tevin Coleman was a jet. Man, he just has maybe no more revenge games for Tevin Coleman. Strictly Carolina Panthers. Like, hey, coach, who would he got this week? Carolina Panthers. Yeah, that's it. Again? Just tell them. Yep. Pa- Panthers, 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 Panthers. All like, oh, again? All right, cool. And then one more thing. The only way that this revenge game would have really worked is if you sign Muhammad Sanu back and you get him out there so you can do that as well, too. But uh, Don't Leo, talk to me about tiny receivers. You're going to have me make an Odell pitch. Don't talk go to with me this about again. tiny receivers. I, I Leo, mean, like. Don't start, Leo. Don't start. You know they're not going to go ahead and get him. Like, let's just let's just. Stop. I mean, can I, I, can I, I break my own heart? Can, can it, is yes, it okay? Break your own heart, but don't, don't look. <laughs> you, the only way you can get let down is if you build up your expectations. I wanted them to go sign Julio Jones. He could have played one or two games for us as well, too. But you know, here one we are. Right? <laughs> one or two. <laughs> I hate it. And I don't like making that joke because everyone else does. And he's literally my favorite football player in the world. But Leo, the bigger issue, and I alluded to it earlier, I literally lost my voice screaming horse. Nine minutes left in the game. You are down two scores. This offense had a zero sense of urgency. Zero. They were acting like they had the lead. They were acting like they were the ones up two scores. I don't understand what happens and what goes through the coach's mind. And here's where, all right, you know what? This is just going to be one of those podcasts where, you know, I I, I give it to, to Shanahan at this time. There's something really wrong when it comes to the clock management thing because it's either one of two things, and both of them fall on the head coach. Ready? One, he was not urgent enough on his own and just said, oh, whatever, because he gave an answer, which we'll get into. And stats, I know you have it. Just post it, post the, the whole quote so everybody can hear it. We had two more times with the ball, and we did do a number of no-huddle plays. Um, we also mixed it up not doing it, too. Um, so we did both. Um, the key is that you can't come up short on that. Expect the ball, get the ball twice, and we're not going to panic when we feel like we have two more possessions, especially with three timeouts. But when you don't score on that and it came up, was it the fourth and one on that drive? can't remember. Um, but that definitely backfires when you don't score on one of them. But it's that or you don't allow Jimmy Garoppolo to hurry the offense up either. And that's both on you. So at what point do you look up and you see that you're down two scores and move a little bit more. Move. They only got into hurry up, I think, like four minutes left. So you picked the time when you needed to score and then score again and get a defensive stop 
for you to have your longest drive of the game. Eight minutes. You milk the clock this time in the way that people say you haven't done in other games that you were leading. So I, I, I'm just I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I said, you know what, Jay, you went to the game. You know, you're having a good time. You probably had a few drinks. Maybe you're not thinking this through. Right. You're not thinking this clearly. Well, I woke up this morning sober and it made less sense. Leo, please help me make sense of this clock management thing, especially at the end of this game. I can't. I can't. Remember when I said that Jeff Wilson Jr. didn't touch the ball until 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter? Well, that was that drive. And the only reason he touched it was because it was a second and one. Guess what? He picked up the first down. Like, why isn't it he doing that in less obvious situations? You know what I mean? Like, of course, a second and one with the guy like Grady Jarrett on the inside of your defensive line. He's going to smell blood in the water. You're not going to have too much success on that play. Yes, you're going to pick up the first down, which is very important. But when you look at Jeff Wilson's Jr.'s you know, success as a running back, obviously you're not putting him in, in better situations to have these you know, five-yard-per-carry games, four-and-a-half-yard-per-carry games. No, that's where he's going to end up with the 3.6, which if I do my math correctly, that's still a first down every three carries. Um, so it wasn't just complete abysmal rushing attack. Um, but yeah, it looked very, you know, like three yard pass attempts, two yards pass attempts, things like that. And that's what's very frustrating is that when you're you get the ball with 10 and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, trailing by two possessions, two big possessions, because it's 14 points, not 10, not not nine, 14 points we're talking about. Um and the offense is just like, like there, like having training camp. That that's kind of that's that's what the flow felt like. The flow felt like training camp. Hey, we're gonna get our reps in. Um, don't worry about how long this takes, but let's just get our reps in. That's what it felt like, and that's what the frustrating part was when you have what felt like the longest drive of the year, and you don't put up any points. You fail to convert a fourth and two from inside the, the red zone there for the Falcons. And guess what? You have that whole eight-minute drive just to give the Falcons the ball with no points on the board with less than 2.30 to go in the game. That's the frustrating part. It, it's – I can't do it, man. I can't do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, And it wasn't, it wasn't like you used all eight minutes because you were also running the ball. It was just these little dings and dunks pass that just – like I said, felt like training camp. Didn't feel like a fourth quarter trailing by two touchdowns. Yeah. And in the second half, obviously, that's been the large discussion point. You know, the 49ers did not score in the second half. And they haven't all year, basically. It doesn't matter who's under, under center. But, man, you know, there's a lot of people that have questions about personnel, right? Like, why do you have Ray Ray McLeod running that route if you have Danny Gray? Okay, fair point. You know, I understand that. Um, What I was noticing a little bit of was – using the knowledge that Debo's on the field and drawing that attention and then getting other guys open. Like you, you have, you, they literally had it right there set up for them with the Ray Ray McLeod play. It, it might not have been a touchdown. If he, I, I'm sure if he grabs that cleanly, he's gone. Even if he does grab it right there, it's a large gain. And it was a dime by Jimmy Garoppolo. God, he literally put it where his guy can only get it. Right. But then Charlie Warner, right? Look, no disrespect, Charlie Warner. That's two. That's two. That's two. That's far shooter. That is two. Oh, you can count. Good for you. Last, uh, it was the 
the Rams game, I think it was, or it was the Rams game where he where he dropped the one over the side. But like I understand what Kyle's doing right here, right, with Warner, because everybody, when he's on the field, you believe he's blocking. You believe he's blocking. You're using that knowledge against the defense, right? So they kind of lose him, right? That Warner drop was much more egregious than the Ray Ray McDonald, Ray Ray McDonald, Ray Ray McLeod um, one because he was butt naked, wide open ball right here in his hands, and he dropped it, man. Like at least Ray Ray McLeod was kind of stumbling out of his route. It's a it's a post towards the middle of the field, a little bit harder. He did have defenders around him, but goodness, man, it's how much of this again boils down to execution. It boils down to I understand what you're doing. You're using what defenses think they know about your personnel against them to operate and get big plays. But my goodness, man, like how many more of these drops can happen? And again, not to just single those two guys out because nearly everybody on this team has a problem with drops. I don't understand it. I'm not going to I'm not going to let everybody off the hook. I don't know what goes on with this team in these drops, man. It, it's so frustrating. That play right there. It, it, you know, Charlie Warner's averaging his average depth of target. He has two targets on the air. It's 21 and a half yards. This guy is being targeted downfield. Big time plays. Zero receptions. The one drop. Like, yo. <laughs> I, I, uh, this is, oh my God, this is tough. I need some Tyler Croft ASAP. Well, and the other thing is, too, is this offense just right now is just lacking explosive plays, right? And you can say whatever it is about, like, the, the 49ers have the weapons to make explosive plays happen. But when you largely watch this film, it's screen pass to Ayuk or whip route to Ayuk and then make plays after the catch. I mean, George Kittle, one of his better plays on a first down was a shovel pass to him, but that was off of, like, you know, a bunch of coverage. And, you know, everything's just Debo slant. And, God, I hope he breaks a bunch of tackles and just breaks one, right? Like, this offense, I'm not going to say it's getting figured out, but people are starting to understand what it is you can live with and what you can't live with in terms of giving up explosive plays. And that's the part that I feel like I don't know if it gets better. And I don't know, because obviously I'm not the head coach. I don't know how to fix that. Right. And this team is not built to play from behind. They're just not. And let's be fair. Many teams are not built to play from behind. Right. Like going down 14 points is not ideal for anyone, for anyone. But particularly this offense, particularly this team and the way they're built, they're not built to throw themselves back into games. It just, it just not, and they don't have the explosive plays right now. They just don't. There's none. Everything is, God, I hope Debo just breaks eight tackles. God, I hope Kittle catches this and runs through seven people. Goodness, I hope that Brandon Ayuk continues to whip every defensive back in front of him and, and continue. But shout out to Brandon Ayuk. Very, very, very shining star in this game. But then again, goes away. Um, but, you know, for, for the people who said, well, you've got to get your personnel involved, you've got to get your stars involved, 10 targets for Debo, for Ayuk, for Kittle. Now, why is that? Because you're playing from behind. And that's when you have to throw the ball a ton. It's not like this is something that was a concerted effort in the game plan. This is how the game kind of flowed, and that's how they went with it. But, yeah, it's just – and, yes, and <laughs> Rob points this out. It's absolutely true. Kittle got a lot of his yards. Thank you, fantasy fantasy uh, managers. Rejoice. Got a bunch of his points later on in this game, you know, catching the ball for, you know, when it was when the game was wrapped up. But, yeah, I just, again, I don't have the answers. It's just the explosive plays are not there. Like, at least when the 49ers in 2019 and in other years had, you know, they were never at the top of the league in terms of points per game. 
it still could make a big play happen. And it feels like it's pulling teeth now at this point. It's harder than ever now to get a big play out of the scene. Definitely harder than ever. And look at, um, I accepted Jimmy Garoppolo for who he is. If the screens are working behind the line of the scrimmage and, you know, it, defenses are having a hard time to maintain it. Like I'm down for it. Like whatever moves the sticks, whatever moves the ball, whatever gets you into the end zone, I'm down for it. Um, but then it seemed like largely in the second half, they got away from that. They got away from what was working in. And that's the part where I struggle. Like, I, I think Kyle Shanahan's a genius. I think he's great at what he does in, in terms of play design. Um, but you see certain examples like this and you're like, yo, like, where's that genius at? Like, I need more of it. Can I please? Can I get more? Um, because what's like, where I struggle is that when you see a team like the New York freaking football giants are five and one, are you, are you freaking kidding me? Like how are they five and one? And you look at this 49ers team and they're three and three. Um, the thing is like, it's not just the 49ers that are struggling. It's also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's also the green Bay Packers, but guess what? I don't care about them. I don't, I don't care if they're struggling. I hope they struggle. I can't stand those teams. Um, Largely because Tom Brady's now with the Buccaneers, but it's just I I have a hard time believing that like the Giants with Daniel Jones with with their limited receiving core like Darius Slayton's their number one. He's obviously behind Brandon Ayuk and Debo oh, Samuel talent level. He is not their number one. You know who their number one is? Don't say Kenny Galladay. Richie Don't say Richie James. James. Oh, stop it. Stop Richie it, James, man. Stop respect, it. He, respect the the Niner legend. Respect him. No, stop it. So it's like I I have a hard time believing that team can beat the Ravens. They can beat the Packers at Lambeau. They could basically curb stomp the Bears, who the 49ers lost to, and they almost beat the Cowboys. I mean, Cooper Rush was they there, almost but beat the I Cowboys. mean, obviously they that was the, hard to they do. They beat the Titans on the road, mm-hmm. trailing by two scores, mind you beat the Titans on the road. Like, that's their resume right now. I have a hard time believing that the New York Giants are a better football team than the 49ers. But your record is is what you are because at the end of the year, if the 49ers are game out of the wild card or barely lost the division, I can't say, no, the 49ers should be in the playoffs because they're, they're the better team. No, that's their record didn't, didn't let them be there. So it's like they need to figure this out. Like they're too good of a team to be three and three and lose to the freaking stupid Broncos 11 to 10 lose to the Falcons, which the Falcons are a better team than people may give them credit. They, they were competitive against the bucks. Um, They were, they were competitive against the Rams until Jalen Ramsey picked them off at the end. Like they have some competitive losses here. Um, They're a better team than, than what people give them credit, but the 49ers still, should not lose that game, despite the injuries. In in my honest opinion, I think they were good enough to to win that game. And it's and then losing to the Bears, of course, it's like you can't have that. You have two NFC losses now. You're you're gonna basically you're screwing yourself at this point because that's your, your NFC record could be the difference between being the two seed or being the four seed, or hell, winning the division or going on the road. Yeah, it's it's a big difference. So it's like get it together. If that Broncos won, okay, that's an a- AFC team. That's going to do nothing to their playoff standings besides the win-loss record, of course. But you eat that one. 
every team, like the, the Chiefs lost to the Colts. Um, so it's like you're gonna have those weeks, but the 49ers, like, come on, we have three of those now. It's 50% of our games. Figure it out. You're one and two with Jimmy Garoppolo. National told media told me that he gave them the better chance to win. He's under 500. Now, I don't believe in the whole QB record as a stat. I'm just providing context because they give me QB record as a stat. And let's take it a step further. I mean, Arthur Smith is running Shanahan's system, and he ran it better this week um, against the 49ers. He had a plan. They ran the hell out of the ball. He put Marcus Mariota in advantageous points. Um, let's put it. Let's even go a little bit further. Everybody was all over Mike McDaniel when that offense was largely healthy. Look at the look at the points that they were able to put up with the speed that they have. Um, Lafleur's over there with the Jets. Look at him and look at them. They just beat the Green Bay Packers. It seems like Shanahan's offense is out there and it's working. It's just not working here. And I don't know how to fix that right now at this point. And, and I think that's the frustrating part is because I don't want to hear that the offense is outdated. I don't want to hear that it, like it's it's not working or like it's getting – it's not. Literally every other team in some way, shape, form, or fashion is running something that Kyle Shanahan does if they're not running the whole thing. But it is frustrating to see with this level of talent on the offense to see this offense be like this for six straight weeks. But let's move on. Iced or hot? Leo, I couldn't find coffee in Atlanta at all. I didn't have coffee one day when I was in Atlanta. There was no coffee. I don't know what happened. Oh, yikes. Iced or hot? This offense will hold this team back from being a true NFC contender. You know what? I'm going to say iced. Give me, give me my coffee iced here the way I like it. The reason why it's we're six weeks in. We saw what happened last year. Um. I believe they'll put it together. They're not going to average. I don't think the 49ers go on and, and finish the season. What would it be? 14 and three. They're going to lose another game. But at this point with Jimmy Garoppolo under center, or even Trey Lance under center, they're only averaging like 11 points a game per loss. I don't think that's going to continue. I think if they lose another game this year, it's not going to be what we've seen so far offensively in terms of points per game. Um, so I, I think they'll figure it out. They'll get better when you have guys like Debo Samuel, Brandon IU, George Kittle. They're going to get back Trent Williams. Oh, my God. What does that do to your rushing attack They're, as well as your passing game? You know, sure. I'll state the obvious. Um, so it's like I think they'll get better. You're going to have Jimmy Grapple. Jimmy, I, I, I wasn't a fan of the excuse after the Denver Broncos loss, but it's, it's the reality of the situation. He had no training camp. Um, although he knows this offense like the back of his hand, it, it's still a reality of the situation that he did not he was not playing at a competitive level until he got in for the the Seattle Seahawks game. Um, so it's just, you know, I, I think they're going to get a flow eventually. It may not be at the time that we want it to be at, in terms of versus the Chiefs or versus the Rams the week after. I hope it does, but it may not be at that time. But they'll get it together. I, I think eventually they'll make a run. We'll see them put up above 25 points per game. Maybe there's a loss where they put up together 28 points. Who knows? I doubt it because this defense is so good. But, no, I don't think it's going to hold them back. This defense, they're going to stop other teams below 20. Odds are. Uh, so it's just, if that's happening, 49ers just got to get, what, 24 points? It's, it's so manageable. So it's uh, I, I don't think it's going to hold them back. Now, if the defense wasn't as good as they are, then we could have that discussion. But since they're legit, I think the offense will be fine.
Leo, would you say that it's time for 49er fans to crack each other's heads up open and feast on the goo inside? Yes, I would, Ken. It's not panic, right? But my patience is running out, and it has to start getting figured out quickly. I do think that, that again, you know, I, I, I said it. It's little things. They're very correctable. It's right there. You can do it. But, again, it's six weeks of it. And now you, the pressure's starting to mount now. You're starting to hear the noise. And I know that this locker room, they've done a good job, you know, of not listening to anything. Hell, Kyle doesn't listen to anybody. He's just going to do whatever he wants anyway, right? And it's just it's you have these games coming up. Chiefs, Rams, bye week, which, goodness gracious, I don't know that a team has ever needed a bye week as badly as the 49ers do right now. But they have to figure it out sooner than later. It cannot be something where it's just like we're here week 10 still talking about the same things, but being saved by the fact that this defense is going to largely get healthy, right? Maybe Mooney Ward plays this week, which they're going to need him. Maybe Nick Bosa's back this week. They're going to need him. Funny that Nick Bosa hasn't played a game and three quarters of another game, and he still leads the league in quarterback hits. That's an insane stat to me. And when you think about that, yeah, reinforcements are on the way. We heard today Jimmy Ward might be back. Cool. I, I, we don't worry about the defense at all, right? But you do not want to rest your laurels on the idea that, oh, let's just get to 21 points. Oh, let's just get to 24 points because this is the National Football League. And great defenses have been beaten by very good offenses. Sometimes your defense is, is going to need to be picked up by your offense, which is exactly what happened in this week, right? You're going to need your offense to do a little bit more. And you cannot just wait for that game to happen and then all of a sudden flip the switch. There is no switch to be flipped. You have to show incremental improvement week to week. I don't necessarily think that I've seen that. I think this week was a step back. And I don't think it has anything to do with the defense, even with all the injuries. I do think that there is context to be made about Mike McGlinchey being injured. Um, I have, I don't really have a grasp on why Daniel Brunskill's in and out at right guard. Um, I, I mean, Spencer Burford's not playing poorly. Um, but, you know, I spoke with Jordan of uh, Jordan Elliott of Niners Nation. We kind of bounced ideas off each other. The only thing that we could come up with was maybe they're really like just easing him back in so he can take over at center for Brendel. Like, they're just trying to get him reps right now at this point. It's just strange. When I popped on the tape, and I'm like, I mean, it's hard. When you go to the game, it's hard to not, not you know, it's hard to focus on everything and see everything. So when I'm watching the film, I'm like, is that Brunskill again? Like, what is he, like, why are you moving him in and out? So it's, right now, it just feels like there's a lack of cohesion. They're very close, but it needs to happen sooner than later. You cannot lollygag your way through the Chiefs game for sure. You're going to have to put up points in the Chiefs game. You're going to have to score points in the Chiefs game if you want to win this game. And who knows? The Rams are getting Van Jefferson back. If he can become a deep threat and start to open up things for Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup still going to roam in the intermediate, they become a vastly different team than they were the team that you face. Now, look, they have a bad offensive line. No boom. Just lost his, seat, lost his uh, season to an Achilles, I believe. Okay, but you can't expect teams to just, you know, you're, or, or expect the defense to just continuously blanket guys. And you could just say, hey, you know what? All we got to do is put up 21, 24 points. No, 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 no. This is the NFL, man. This, this, this offense has to get going. And Coach is an offensive genius. It's got to happen sooner than later. Yeah, I agree with you. It's got to happen sooner than later. It's it's definitely going to be tough during these next two weeks. Um, obviously, the Chiefs, they're a lot better defense than people want to give them credit. They only gave up 24 points to Josh Allen, and it was 17 for most of that game until the very end with less than two minutes to go. Then they gave up the, the final touchdown there. Um, the Rams, we obviously know their defense is good. 
uh, and they're familiar with this 49ers offense. Now, I do expect the 49ers to at least at minimum split those games. If those games aren't split, I would be shocked. I would be shocked if they went three and five to, you know, open up first half of the year before the bye. Um, but uh, at minimum, I expect to split. And someone I forgot to mention, that's going to help out the offense. Elijah Mitchell. Please. He's going to help out this offense. Most likely after the bye, but having Elijah, like Elijah Mitchell, Trent Williams, that's two big pieces to this offense. But you can't go into the bye three and five and think that Elijah Mitchell is just going to magically make Mm -hmm. all this stuff. Like, I am not, like, resting on that at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I still think schematically there's some things that can be done. Don't ask me specifically what can be done. That's why he gets paid the big bucks and I just get paid to talk. But for me, it's like the reinforcements are coming. That is very positive, right? That's a positive spin on it and a good way to look at it. I agree. Right. But at the same time, it's just they're – they need the explosive plays, and they need to just – the one thing that I want to see, forget the explosive plays, forget points per game, throw all that out. Here's what I want to see, consistency. Consistency not only through one game, week to week, week to week, just some sort of consistency. The only thing that this offense has been consistently doing is been consistently underperforming. Ooh, that's a bar. And yeah, I, I doubt just came off the top of my head as well, by the way. Say hello to the next Bubba Sparks! Look, Leo, tough stretch coming up here. And what I do want to point out is Mooney Ward is going to need to be playing in this game because what I did notice what the Buffalo Bills did, and I believe it was Mina Kimes that backed up what I saw with my eyes with her numbers because she's so good at what she does. The Bills ran zone, uh, ran man coverage 16% of the time all season. They ran 54% of man last week, and that helped slow down the Kansas City Chiefs offense because those guys have trouble getting separation. You cannot run man. If Hufanga's out, if Mooney's out, and then you're running Womack and Lenore, and, and and it's just it's it's schematically right now, there may be a way to slow down this Chiefs offense. You're not gonna blank them. That's not gonna happen. But there is a way to keep your if you can hold the Kansas City Chiefs to 20 points, you've got a great shot. You've got a great shot, man. Jay, I'm gonna do it. Go. I'm gonna get my hopes up. Do it. It's gonna be Jason Verrett. It's gonna be Mooney Ward. Hufanga's in a clear protocol. Okay. That's going to be the secondary. All right. I love it. I mean, you know, it's two legit starting corners. Obviously, you could throw Lenore back in at nickel where he's been fine. Or you could have Womack in there. Um, Whatever you choose. It's a buffet. Pick what you want. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to get my hopes up. All right. Nick Bosa, you got to play too. I'm going to will that into existence. (laughs) Ooh, I'm we're walking it all into existence. JV's playing, Mooney Ward's playing, Huff is playing, Demo's back at nickel, and Nick Bosa's playing. Woo-hoo. I love it. And Ebukam is, is through his injuries and everything too. And and it's so crazy to see what happened with Hufanga in this game. He clears protocol and then he comes back in the building today and is back in protocol with all of these concussion protocol things going around in the discussion of the NFL. Just insane that 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 is something that could happen. I think that's part of the dangers of playing the game. But yeah, if that is the defense, I will feel better. I'm going to get my hopes all the way up, but I am going to try to stay positive. That's the best that I can give you guys right now. But 45 minutes in, I think this is a good place to wrap up. Leo, thank you as always. Follow Leo on Twitter and Instagram at LeoLuna93. Follow me on Twitter at JasonAponte2103. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Niners Nation Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcast. Make sure you drop that five-star review so we can read it on here. And if you want to call Jason a bozo, I got to read it. I got to read it. So say whatever it is that you guys want to say. So for Jason, for Leo, we appreciate you guys. Let's go Niners, I guess.
I guess. <laughs>